You are listening to Propelling, a micro drones podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Propelling by Micro Drones. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and it's great to be back behind the mic chatting about the drone industry internationally. On Propelling, we've taken a look at the international state of the drone industry from Europe to Africa to Australia. We've really gotten the full picture, but we are missing a few areas, and we keep that trend up today by dissecting applications, regulations, and opportunities for drones in the Middle East specifically. I'd like to welcome Charles Al-Rashid, MicroDrones' regional sales manager for the Middle East region, who has felt firsthand the growth and challenges of a changing drone world. Charles, it's great to have you on today. How are you doing? Thank you, Daniel. I'm doing all right, and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I've talked to a lot of your colleagues on this podcast, and they all have really unique points of view about how the drone industry is changing and what the most exciting applications are. So I'm looking forward to getting your personal perspective, especially since the region that you serve is so different from all the others, right? And I think that's what makes micro drones so exciting is that you really get a different experience in each region and it all influences that global drone market. So To start, I think a big talking point is always changing regulations. Here in the U.S., most recently, it was the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2018. Transport Canada had some changes in their regulations up north. So how has the Middle East reacted the same or differently to other international regulations that are trying to standardize commercial and consumer drone usages? What is happening in the Middle East? Go ahead and give our audience sort of a status update. So I was actually part of this industry development since, uh, I can say, uh, day one, back in 2009. I was uh, with the company which uh, first started the drone field uh, as a service. Back in 2009, the Middle East had no regulations for that kind of technology to be implemented in the market. So uh, we, in cooperation with different government uh, entities in the Middle East, basically the UAE and Saudi Arabia, we worked hand in hand to develop and to uh, pave uh, the way to regulate this uh, industry. We cooperated with the general civil aviation in the UAE and uh, Dubai civil aviation for uh, the, the Emirate of Dubai and uh, the civil aviation uh, authorities in Saudi Arabia to build kind of uh, navigation map to uh, for all the service providers out there to be able to provide their services in a safe, secure, and legal way. So compared to when you first started working on the regulations back in 2009, looking at the regulations today and some of the more recent changes how have you seen it evolve? Um, what do regulations in the Middle East look like today compared to that first draft that you were working on in 2009? So, yeah, the regulation have changed a lot since 2009. Uh, back in 2009, you, we had to uh, talk to uh, different uh, entities and authorities, uh, which is uh, one of them is the civil, civil aviation authorities in the city where we are operating and the Ministry of Defense, and there was on uh, the, the Ministry of Defense would send with uh, the operator or the service provider would send an observer. And this observer will stay uh, the whole time 
during the, the, the operation or the, the mission. And then we'll take the data back to their office, check it, uh, evaluate it, and uh, then they will give you uh, back the data after the inspection. That was the regulation, and it was all paperwork, and uh, uh, the people didn't really didn't have a good idea about how things uh, should be done. Now, in 2019, after 10 years, it is a completely online service. All you need to do is to send to register first to register your uh, drones and mm -hmm. you need a license for uh, for the pilot uh, so the pilot will go into uh, uh, evaluation test and will be qualified as a pilot only if he passes the test he or she passes the test and will be provided with a license and that pilot can operate on any drone country where he got the license from when it comes to drones Every company could have uh, multiple drones, but all the drones needs to be registered uh, with the Civil Aviation Authority. And once you need the permit to fly, you need to specify what pilot, uh, who's the pilot uh, going to operate and what drone uh, is going to use. And all that could happen through an online application sent and it will be approved uh, within a very small time uh, circle. So it is very um, easy, quite straightforward process online. And uh, yeah, it is an automated process. doesn't require lots of uh, man involvement or human involvement uh, in it. And that sounds like it's pretty in line with a lot of the other kinds of regulations um, internationally, uh, which, is, which is great to see that this region is adopting similar methods um, as you know where in the united states or in canada in areas where um they've been trying to perfect some of these regulations for a while now it seems like everyone is going in the same direction do you see this happening internally and locally that it's a lot of the smaller governments in the middle east pushing these regulations forward and then everyone gets on the same page or is it a larger force right is it everyone getting on the same page early and, you know, different countries and different governments uh, collaborating from the beginning to get uh, on, a, on the same page for the entire region. Uh, right. Now, I believe the fact that every government will adopt or develop their own rules that works with their environment first, with their cultural backgrounds, uh, security requirements, and many other uh, key factors that will I would say, play a role here in the setting these regulations and uh, conditions for the drones uh, industry. So uh, I would say, no, it is, um, these regulations or these terms and conditions are built internally to meet the local uh, conditions and uh, requirements. That doesn't mean that they are uh, aware of these international standards, and they probably could benefit of it, um, uh, adopt and implement a few of them, but I am quite sure that it's been twisted to meet the uh, local requirement. For instance, I can give you an example here. In Dubai, you cannot fly a drone further unless it is within your line of sight. And that is something was not a condition or uh, required in the past, where we could send in 2009, we could send a drone for to go for like a good half an hour while we're sitting in the car and waiting for it until it comes back. 
Now it is, it is uh, different. You cannot let the, go, the drone go beyond uh, the line of sight. This condition is not required and uh, uh, is not set in Saudi Arabia. It's not uh, a requirement in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, for example. It's only a condition in, in Dubai. That's why I would say it is different from a city to another in the Middle East. And um, I'm quite sure that the governments here or the authorities will adopt uh, regulations and implement regulations that meets that meet the requirements or meets the uh, requirements for security and safety and uh, other things. Do you think that those differences between major cities in the Middle East when it comes to their regulations, uh, do you think those differences are making growth for the market difficult or you know, are you seeing professionals trying to bounce from city to city getting confused or having to really adapt on the fly to some of those changing regulations since each city though in general have a similar set of regulations some of those minutiae do change some of the regulation would definitely be a burden or will be adding difficulties to the mission where you could um, complete a mission in uh, one flight uh, plan, if you don't have the, if you don't need to keep the drone within your line of sight, you can send it for a bigger area in one uh, flight plan. But with this condition, now you need to uh, diversify or uh, have multiple flight plans to cover uh, the same area. So in some areas, yes, it adds uh, challenges, but. Uh, we fully understand it, and we could adapt to this change easily. It is uh, some, something we could adapt to easily, and we understand it because it is safer. And we've seen scenarios, we have seen uh, cases where um, some operators um, uh, exposed um, the, the security, general city security, to uh, they put it at risk because of the drone when they fly over an airport or when they fly over urban areas and they have some crashes, this is something the government wouldn't tolerate or um, accept. So these regulations are fully understood and acceptable and adopted by the operators in the region. All right, Charles, let's dig into some of the more specific projects or at least examples of specific projects within the Middle East and how they're driving change within the region. So what are you seeing commercial clients really looking for in the Middle East that may differ from other parts of the world? How are the projects in that region specific or what specific needs are within the Middle East that drones can solve? Yeah, um, maybe one of the things that is uh, unique to the Middle East, I would say to the GCC, where we are uh, basically operating, uh, you have a massive land that is not uh, developed. It's, uh, it's uh, suburbs, it's basically desert. And um, accessing these areas is something It's with risk. It's not risk-free. So sometimes you need to, uh, for example, have a corridor mapping for electricity cable lines and towers. So these cable lines and towers, they go on uh, thousands and thousands of kilometers. And in many cases, they are in inaccessible areas. So the drones uh, solve that problems where cars and other um, uh, mobile mapping equipment uh, cannot fulfill the requirements because they cannot operate on sand dunes, for example. 
Hmm. With a drone, that is something uh, much easier. You don't get to, uh, uh, you don't need to drive through this uh, uh, corridor, and you will not get the life and the, the, put any of your uh, employees or surveyors uh, on risk here. So that's something drones um, uh, technology was an added value uh, in that uh, in that field. So that's something unique to the to the GCC here, which I don't um, see it much in other countries like Asia, Europe, or uh, the Americas, which is the desert, the sand dunes. Right. Are those specific projects driving growth for the market in the Middle East? Yes, of course they are, and uh, they are adding growth to the market because before the drones technology, it wasn't possible, or it was something the client could see it as uh, too expensive or too risky to do. But now it is something that is affordable in time, cost, and uh, man days or man resources. So. Uh, Yes, uh, I agree with you. I love that. Give me an example of a project you've worked on specifically or you know, that you have helped provide the drones for that really stands out to you as um, an example of innovation and really powerful drone usage in the Middle East. I actually was part of... Uh, a big project in Dubai for one of the largest regional developers. I was part of a project where we had to survey all their communities. We had more than 10 communities, which one of them was the, the iconic uh, island of the Palm Jumeirah. Uh, that is a very much, uh, very well-known island in Dubai. It's an iconic uh, uh, landmark. It's, uh, the size is like uh, 40 square kilometers. And we had to fly more than 10 communities for Mechil that includes um, vegetation, uh, desert, uh, and built-up areas and bridges. And we had to uh, deliver uh, five-centimeter uh, resolution imagery uh, with true orthophoto. And um, that was something very difficult to achieve with a drone. It was uh, it was very common uh, product. Uh, derived from the classical or the standard aerial survey uh, methods, where you have to fly an actual aircraft, a Cessna or whatever, with a $1 million uh, uh, sensor. Uh, and it was very expensive uh, project with the standard uh, uh, methods or the classical aerial survey. But with a drone, it was uh, 10 times less than uh, the standard uh, or classical aerial survey. And we could achieve... Uh, the same, I don't want to say better, but the same accuracy um, uh, that uh, the, the standard or the classical aerial survey methods could achieve. Uh, so that is something we were really proud of, and especially on the urban areas where the high towers and the bridges uh, are there. And that's something we're really proud of, and our client still um, uh, award the same uh, project to the same team every year for for update. I love that. And that kind of gets me into my next point, which really 
focuses more on micro drones and your methodology for selling a product and for getting the solution to the end client. Um, what do you feel is the future of using drones productively and how have you found the best way to get clients to find tangible benefits from implementing drones into their workflow. And, you know, you can focus your answer into the Middle East because, like you've said, there are a lot of topographical changes in that area that make drone usage really specific. And selling the product to them and getting them to find usage in drones is going to be different than if you're trying to sell to someone in Australia or the States or Canada. So what do you feel like is the future of using drones productively in the Middle East? And how have you tried to communicate that to your clients? Okay, I think the market here in the Middle East still uh, needs uh, more education on the, the benefits of uh, implementing and adopting the drones uh, technology that still requires more um, to raise awareness or to educate the market about it. But yes, we're, 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 we are doing really well. Uh, the future here, I think, will be with um, uh, the technology uh, development. The technology development um, uh, in drones requires more uh, effort in terms of um, the flying uh, capacity. Uh, this is this is where the future is. If we can if we can enhance um, or develop the capacity of the drone, that will increase the number of applications and uh, the use cases definitely. Uh, but regardless of this fact, I can see the uh, the drones uh, implemented in the utility section, in the safety and security uh, uh, fields, oil and gas. And uh, it is actually touching almost all the applications. Uh, I'm talking about the survey uh, drones here. Um, uh, we can also talk about the drones for uh, media purposes or for delivery or for different uh, other different applications. But uh, yeah, um, uh, enhancing or changing the, the capacity of the drone flying time is a key factor to uh, increase the number of applications where drones can be implemented and uh, adopted. All right, Charles, to wrap things up, we've sort of already talked about what some of the biggest inhibitors for growth are uh, in the drone market in the Middle East, which I think comes down to the differing changes in the regulations from local government to local government, uh, though it is encouraging that each major city is getting closer and closer to what that international standard is, though I don't really think there's a set one, right? There's just sort of an unspoken one that everyone is, is getting to a, a general consensus on how should drones be regulated commercially, how should they be uh, regulated for the consumer. Um, but the fact that there are differences from city to city, that is going to cause some pain points for growth in that area. But let's wrap things up with a positive, right? What do you feel like is the greatest positive catalyst for the drone market in the Middle East and why? The greatest catalyst for the drones business would be when the government facilitates this, uh, this regulation and make it even a bit easier for the users and for the service providers to implement and provide services uh, with less challenges. That is something will definitely enhance or increase or encourage 
the more people, more companies to invest uh, in that field and increase the, the portion and replace the classical and standard way things were used in different applications. Uh, because we believe that drones is environment friendly and uh, cost effective and requires less manpower. So if the government really uh, provide more uh, facilitations or make it easier for the service providers and for uh, developers and manufacturers to invest, make it easier for them to invest in that field, that will uh, be an added value to the market uh, in general. Well, and I think companies like micro drones can have a really tangible impact on getting those regulations to a more standardized future uh, within regions like the Middle East, mostly because micro drones really does have that international reach. So you do have regional sales managers in every corner of the world, and they're all dealing with selling drone products to end users that all deal with different kinds of regulations. So the company gets that firsthand experience with how regulations affect different kinds of projects. So you can influence the biggest users within the region. And hopefully that kind of conversation and that kind of ability to to provide solutions for those changing areas and get a feel for, okay, here I sell a certain kind of product or I recommend a certain thing because you have one regulation and here I have to do it differently. You, know, you can be part of that conversation to get everyone to standardize or at least get closer to having similar regulations from major city to major city in the Middle East, which must be exciting. That's absolutely right. We and micro drones are one of very few companies that operates on the global scale. And we have representative and uh, flight operations uh, all over the globe and on all these uh, and all the content, uh, continents uh, out there. And uh, yes, we are getting familiar with the regulations that is set everywhere. So we can definitely play a big role in uh, make it, uh, making it easier to uh, collect this information and share it with the right uh, authorities to unify and ha standardize all these uh, regulations to have one set of standards uh, for the drones out there. And more than that, micro drones are now investing in the uh, implementing the telecom uh, technology in the drones, so right. you can track these drones and limit the the movement of these drones uh, horizontally and vertically to any dimensions or uh, limitations the government would like. And if any of the drones exceeds that dimension, it will be immediately stopped and blocked. So the uh, micro drones are going to play a big role in that direction, which I think only by then you will have a standard rules and uh, standard regulations on the global level for, for, all, for all the countries. Well, Charles, thank you so much for joining us on Propelling today and giving us your thoughts on the region and really a lot of focused insight on how drones are evolving, what some of the pain points are for them in the Middle East. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to eventually getting a lot of different micro drones, regional sales managers from all over the world to come on Propelling and do some kind of roundtable, um, because I'd love to get everyone's heads uh, in the conversation and discussing what the future of drone regulations, what the future of drone technology looks like, pulling from examples from across the world. 
So I'll definitely be in touch for that. Charles, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I really enjoyed it and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again. And I'm looking forward to having you back on soon. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Propelling. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or find some of our other content, you can head to microdrones.com slash blog. Again, microdrones.com slash blog. Or you can find us on iTunes and Spotify if you just look up Propelling. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. Propelling, a microdrones podcast.